My season opening, Banks oh. misses, and the putback follow dunk by Yoli Childs. BYU by 21 for the first time tonight. Yeah, next on BYU Sports Nation, the Revenge Tour brought to you by BYU Hoops. The Cougars dominate Utah Valley, big deal or no deal? Who's McKay Cannon, and what's the story behind his instant eligibility and impact yesterday? He'll tell us. Plus, how does Super Bowl champ Brian Billick assess the current state of BYU football? And how would he go about choosing his next coordinator? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Thursday, November 30th. It's a winning Thursday. For BYU basketball, wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with UCCU Center tour guide, Jerem Jordan. I thought it was renamed the Cannon Center. Was I off on that? I, t- I saw a bunch of BYU students going in for breakfast this morning, and I was like, no, 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 that's at BYU. That's not a UVU. What are you doing, man? <laughs> what are you doing? How about McKay Cannon? <laughs> talk about him coming up, plus uh, chat with him, but great win for BYU. Much more on that. Last night, huge. I, I never show. thought I never thought we'd say the words "great win" over UVU and the uh, Utah Valley in the same sentence. But yeah, well, this is a season where we have said "great win" for football over UNLV. Yeah, yeah, the standard had dipped a little bit. Slash, uh, your current circumstance dictates how you feel about things differently than maybe the past. Absolutely. Yeah, Utah Situational. Valley. Situational. Yes, Utah Valley came in and uh, embarrassed BYU last year. It was an abomination. And then last night, BYU played its best game of the season. Utah Valley scored 114 points against BYU last year, and they scored 58 on their home floor in last night's dominant BYU win. Huge show, as Jeremy mentioned, three guest day, including McKay Cannon, who? A new overnight star for BYU basketball. The NFL Super Bowl champion coach Brian Billick. How in the world does he go about finding a new staff member, an offensive coordinator, and Cozy Burnett? Always entertaining. She wants some NCAA tournament karma for 7th-ranked BYU Volleyball. Let's bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. 85-58. BYU basketball dominates in the University Parkway collision. The Cougars' most complete game of the year. My number one ranked player in the BYU-SN-WCC one-on-one player power rankings, Yoli Childs. USF. Uh, TFCCCA thinks it's too long. <laughs> Led the way with a career-high 24 points, including this huge dunk in the second half. Here in the first 20, McKay enters it to oh! Yo, and Yo with a throwdown, the Yo down. The Cougars by a game-high 15. More Yoliness give me. Childs finished the night <laughs> with his third straight double-double. Honey, did you just hear what they said on BYU TV? <laughs> did you hear that? Is that even Okay. What? <laughs> hey, yesterday the NCAA announced McKay Cannon, who was eligible to play. Yes. Immediately after transferring from Weber State in the offseason. I texted uh, BYU Sports Information Director Kyle Chilton and said, is he eligible to play tonight, I assume? It's like, yeah, you bet. Cannon didn't waste any time contributing to the offense. Mm. Down to a five-second shot clock. Ryland skipping it left wing McKay. McKay, three. Got it! McKay Cannon! <laughs> Welcome to BYU, son. His first shot in a BYU uniform, and it's good for three. 
Cannon has some moxie. Eight points, a team-high six assists off the bench in the win. Cannon will join us later in the program. He is a walk-on who yesterday, poof, found out he's eligible. We'll break that down more. He uh, transferred from Weber State. Typically, you have to sit out a year. The NCAA said he could play. So, hours later, let's be precise, three hours and 40 minutes later, he's playing for BYU. The pride of the Shelley Russets basketball program, McKay Cannon. The Russets, baby. He made 40 starts at Weber State yeah. and played in the NCAA tournament with the Wildcats. Like, he's been on some big-time stages. He's not just any transfer and a walk-on, no less. Yeah. Interesting stuff from McKay Cannon, as you mentioned, Jerem, uh, will join us live in Studio B. Jimmer Fredette, meanwhile, had another career night with 56 points on 19 of 32 shooting. He was 10 for 10 from the free throw line, had five assists as well. Jimmer has taken over China. Move over, Stefan Marbury. There's a new Starberry in town. The Chinese government would like to argue this point with you. And 13-seeded BYU women's volleyball hosts American, the entire country. Tomorrow at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app in the NCAA tournament, senior middle blocker Cozy Burnett will join us to preview the matchup. Rise and shout. Time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The University Parkway collision. BYU won. (laughs) And then some in that collision. Advantage Cougars. A 27-point road win for BYU at the home of the Wolverines. Jerem, as we discussed last night, a top 20 RPI road win for BYU in November. That was a a huge win, Spencer, over Kentucky. (laughs) Utah Valley? Wow. Because UVU had gone to Kentucky and Duke, their RPI was super high, crazy high, and you know I love RPI, and this is another reason. UVU's in the top 20. That, that's all the evidence for RPI stinks you need. Choo-choo-chaboogie. Get out of here. In all seriousness. You putting on that hat? Nope, not okay. yet. Okay. How much of an impact will this win make for BYU basketball? Let's discuss it with Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. Presented by Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. It's definitely a big deal. Okay, Jerem, straight up. BYU's 27-point win at Utah Valley. Big deal or no deal? Listen, right now, in this moment, it's a big deal. BYU got worked last year by 13 at home, gave up 18 threes, 114 points, both of those most in Marriott Center history. And there's been a lot of ball played here. That team changed BYU. UVU, that is. Because BYU went into the offseason going, we've got to change things. Not just because of UVU, but sort of. That kind of started the ball, got the ball rolling. He'd throw his fingerprints. He'd be convicted of uh, schematic you know, awesomeness in court. Because BYU played excellent defense. They're playing team basketball. 25 assists on 30 made field goals and 58 points allowed. I've missed this. In fact, it doesn't even look like BYU hoops because BYU's playing such good basketball defensively right now. They go on the road. They beat UVU. This is a big deal, not to mention the top 20 RPI road win. <laughs> no, but you're, you're right. To win by 27 on the road is fantastic. In fact, I've got the last time BYU won by 27 plus on the road, February 13th of 2016. So it's been a year and a half. It's been a while. Utah and it was Santa Valley. Clara. Yeah. Okay. And and how about a non-conference road win? When's the last time BYU did that? It, you got to go back a ways. Hey. You got to go back to 1946. No, I don't know. Calling all statisticians. 
This no, is no, this no, no, no. There's only one you need to call. Cougar stats. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Led by Cougar stats. When was the last? Let's see time, if they're watching today. When was the last time BYU men's basketball won a road non-conference game by 27 points or more? We could have totally looked this up. We, we could have. Just want you to look. Yeah. We want to involve BYU Sports Nation. Do the work for us. So we don't think, have to do it. I think this is a big deal, Jerem, because Utah Valley is not a bad team. Like, I was trying to think of the last time I, re- I saw be really bad. BYU pass the ball that well and play really good defense, and I was like, oh, maybe the 91-33 blowout win over San Diego a couple of years ago when I remember thinking, wow, I haven't seen that type of ball movement. But San Diego was not of the caliber of Utah Valley. Utah Valley is a better team than that San Diego team was. And this was on the road. It's a big deal because it was on the road and BYU got humiliated by this team in Pro Bowl last year. It's situational, right? I'm with you 100% a big deal. What do you think, BYU Sports Nation? Answer today's Twitter question. What's your biggest takeaway from the win versus Utah Valley? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Laser Sheep. When BYU is on, they're very solid. We have seen their ability to fight on off nights with New Mexico and UMass and beating Utah Valley. Uh, that was really good to see. They gave me more hope for a West Coast Conference tournament title run, but there's a lot of ball still to be played. Something happened in that last game in Brooklyn against UMass. Dave Rose mentioned this on BYU Radio after two. Mentally for BYU, where yeah. it's like, man, we had a lot of things go wrong. We didn't play well. We didn't shoot well. But BYU found a way to win. They played crappy basketball, for lack of a better phrase and found a way to win in the last four minutes. I think some of the fan base has been brainwashed into thinking that the way that BYU did things was the only way to do things. When I've been screaming, BYU actually isn't doing the top two things that winning teams do, which is defend and uh, value possession. Yes. So now BYU values possession, and they defend. Uh, This is a great thing. Gritty. And, And the deeper we get into the season... Hopefully the better BYU is at this because it's a new scheme. You're inserting a new offense. Ty, uh, Ty Detmer had two years to put in his offense. He Schroyer's offense is working much quicker. Granted, football, you need a, an effective, uninjured quarterback to do things. So I, I acknowledge the difference. But he Schroyer's schemes are working, man. The They're Cougars working. are starting to get it. Yes. You can feel it. This team believes in a way that they haven't in a while. Five and two for BYU through seven games on the season. And as that laser sheet brought up, the game against New Mexico, that exhibition, they were learning things about winning gritty, gutty performances very early in the season. Now, Princeton, New Mexico, UMass, this is a good thing for BYU basketball. And they also want to limit opponents' three-pointers, right? Uh, How did they do in that category last night, which is our stat of the day? It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Utah Valley used all of them last year. They used 18 last year. I think they had 19 between the two games, and they used 18 last year. So they only made one three last night. Oh. (laughs) They only took, what, seven? They took eight. They only took eight. How much of that is on BYU's defense? I think a lot. I I think it was a better shooting team last year for UVU. The, the strength of this Wolverine team isn't from the outside, whereas last year it was. That was an incredible night, afternoon, last year. And, and BYU's had a, a vocal point defensively to limit attempted threes. 
eight attempted threes from UVU. That's a team that's trying to claw back in the game. By that's the way, like a number to, that BYU basketball would have put up last year. By the way, thanks to Mark Pope for letting us mic him up last night. That was fun. Really fun. What access. we didn't show you is him breaking his whiteboard and cutting his left hand during a timeout. Well, that happened. Can you blame him? No. Good grief. Hey, coming up, McKay Cannon on what the heck happened yesterday and volleyball player Cozy Burnett on tomorrow's NCAA tournament. Plus, NFL Super Bowl champion coach Brian Billick on the current state of BYU football and how he would start the process to finding a new offensive coordinator for BYU. Mm. Big Deal No Deal is sponsored by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. Winning Thursday. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. That's how you connect with us whenever, wherever. 13 seed BYU Women's Volleyball is hosting a team named American. They're the Eagles, naturally. Tomorrow at 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and the app. It's the NCAA tournament. The winner of that game plays the winner of Kennesaw State and Oregon. BYU trying to get to its sixth straight Sweet 16. We will talk to middle blocker Cozy Burnett coming up. BYU basketball made 30 field goals last night, had 25 assists in that on their way to a 27-point win over Utah Valley. What is your biggest takeaway from last night's men's basketball win in Orem? At COL James 83 says, enjoyable game to watch for the offense. As Blaine Fowler commented. James. That's Colonel James. You're he, right. He has You're to right. be called he, that. You're right. Yeah. I stand corrected. Just want to get it right. Colonel underscore James 83. For the offense, as Blaine Fowler commented on the call last night, great ball movement to get the open shot. Cannon is a true spark off the bench. The defense is much better, but still some work to do. That's the great thing about it. Great game, but hey, still want to get better. Oh, it's November 30th. We got a lot of Long ball. Long A lot of go. ball nights. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is one of our favorite weekly guests, Super Bowl champion coach Brian Billick, BYU football tight end alumnus. Coach, welcome back to the show. First and foremost, how was Thanksgiving? It was awesome. It was great. We uh, had a great to get together with some family members and uh, were able to watch a good deal of football like everybody else. Good weekend for football. Absolutely, it was a great weekend for football. And uh, it's funny that you bring that up because BYU, hey, they won their last game of the season against Hawaii by 10 points. But then the jubilation didn't last very long because we find out Monday morning that Ty Detmer is relieved of his offensive coordinator duties, and now we're all asking a lot of questions. What was your reaction to finding out that Detmer was out as the OC for BYU? Well, this is, you know, a predictable pattern, whether it's in college ball. We'll see this coming up, obviously, in the NFL. Get through the season. We're already seeing some coordinators let go and change, uh, which is typical through the NFL season. You don't see, obviously, that, that much in the college game. But in the NFL, and then, uh, you know, what they refer to unaffectionately as Black Monday and Tuesday in the NFL, uh, that's when you see usually the head coaching changes, uh, which will be the first week in January this year. So, yeah, I mean, this is the time uh, the teams have to reevaluate where they're at and decide what direction they want to go with their coaching staffs. What's it like as a head coach to let someone go? That's hard. It really is. Because first off, you're, you're, you're – Dealing with someone, you're having to make a change with someone, someone that obviously you respect, someone that's been very close to you in, in terms of that you've gone through the baptism of fire that is, you know, competitive athletics. 
uh, and and a member of your family, basically. Uh, but then you have to do what you have to do as a head coach. You have to think about the collective good uh, of your organization. Um, Jim Fossil was one of the best friends I had in football. Uh, had come to work for me as offensive coordinator in Baltimore, and I had to make a change. It was very difficult during the season. That is very, very difficult to do. Uh, but having said that, you have an obligation to the organization. Uh, you, you make the changes that you think you have to make and go forward. It's a little awkward with Ty Detmer being the guy in this situation because emotionally there's a strong connection with the fan base between him. I, I've said I think you need to disconnect Ty the player from Ty the coach. What's your reaction uh, to this given that it's Ty Detmer? Yeah, that is tough. That that adds another element to it. I mean, anytime someone's been a story part of the program, and and certainly Ty has been that, uh, and and you do you have to you have to separate them because it, it, that doesn't give you a free path going forward. There is an emotional attachment to it, uh, and will continue to be very highly thought of and loved by uh, BYU and alumni. Uh, but but Coach Taki has to look at the structure of what he's doing. Uh, that made that a difficult decision i'm sure but underscores the fact that he had conviction in doing what he did because uh he probably did get a little political heat for letting someone of the popularity and the affection that byu nation has for ty Detmer. how much of it is hey byu had to play four different quarterbacks and eight different running backs and use five different tight ends in a pro set or a pro style offense where do you put the wheel of accountability uh, when it comes to whose fault it was on offense, yeah, well, and you and, and you see that anytime you're going through changes like this. Let's look in the NFL and the New York Giants right now. Benching Eli Manning, two-time Super Bowl MVP Eli Manning. You talk about an emotional connection and a fan favorite. Uh, but obviously, to do that, what are they? What are they saying? What are they trying to portray it as? Okay, we need to look at. Geno Smith. We need to look at Davis Webb. We need to get to January and know what we need to address, a.k.a. do they take one of these upcoming quarterbacks in what looks good to be a good quarterback draft year. Um, that's a difficult thing to do uh, because particularly with the player, the caliber of Eli Manning, that's going to continue to play. Uh, but this is, again, this is an organizational decision. It is all about what is it we need to do to go forward. Now, Eli Manning is not the biggest problem the New York Giants have. One of the hardest things to do is to separate the play of a quarterback from what's going on around it or evaluate a coach when you look at, as you just laid out, the litany of injuries and the changes and that many quarterbacks. I mean, you could start the season if you say, yeah, they're going to go through four quarterbacks with any team in, in the NCAA. You could pretty much guess, yeah, this team's probably going to have a tough time with it. So that has to be factored all into the, uh, into the equation, uh, not to make an excuse, uh, you know, it's interesting when I was doing games for Fox, I'd sit and, and coach as one of the, a, a team that's struggling and maybe due to, to a lot of injuries. The first thing the coach says was, we'll sit down and say, well, we're not going to use injury as an excuse. Then he'd spend the next 45 minutes telling you how beat up they were and how many <laughs> players they've had to go through. Um, because it, it, it goes part and parcel with, with obviously how good you're going to be. This was really more about, okay, that was what it was, but now what are we doing going forward? Uh, Coach Sataki has to look at what kind of structure do I want, uh, what changes need to be made so that we can wrap the players around the best structure we can going forward. And he obviously felt a, a change was needed. 
It's certainly the head coach's preference, I would imagine, but walk me through this process. So Kalani Sataki has been begging the offense to be aggressive all year, and there was this kind of disconnect it felt between what he wanted and what we saw on the field. That resulted in a 4-9 and season. But being the head coach and then you bring in a new OC, how much of that is I'm hiring someone who I know will run the offense I want versus, hey, OC, you just get us points and do it however you deem best. How does that dynamic work? Well, you walk that balance. Certainly you want to, uh, uh, you know, give the latitude, whoever you hire and that coordinator coming in is going to go to know, okay, who's in charge here? Who's going to call the play? You don't want to micromanage. And every coach wants to have the authority to say, okay, I'm going to, I can only do what I think is best. Uh, but that doesn't mean as a head coach that you can't lay out very specific parameters. More likely rather than a dictative, I want you to do this or that, you're going to now hire someone that agrees with you in terms of the style and the character of the offense that you want. Now, we just went through a litany of injuries. Sometimes that affects you. Obviously, you you know, uh, there's been a number of times I've had teams where I want to do X, Y, or Z, but I just didn't have players to do it. So you have to do what highlights the player's abilities best, even if it's not what you really want to do offensively or defensively. But at its core, yeah, you've got to bring someone in that is of like mind in terms of the style of, uh, of offense or defense that you want to run. Brian Billick, NFL Super Bowl champion, coach, BYU football alumnus with us on BYU Sports Nation. You can follow him on Twitter at Coach Billick. Great stuff there. When you are looking in this specific scenario, just say you are an analyst or a uh, somebody that BYU is looking to to give them advice on hiring a new offensive coordinator, what are you looking for in terms of characteristics? Well, obviously, there's got to be a fundamental core uh, experience that you look at to say, okay, this guy has had the prerequisite uh, time in the profession, either as a player, coach, you know, then that comes in varying uh, varying degrees. You know, I've hired a number of former players to become coaches that obviously I thought had great upside in terms of, of becoming coaches, whether it be a Jack Del Rio, now a head coach uh, uh, with the Oakland Raiders, whether it was Mike Singletary, a Hall of Famer linebacker, that had never coached before, before I hired in Baltimore, but you think they have the prerequisite background that you can then help mentor them into the you know coaching end of it versus a coach that's been a career coach, you know, gone the, the route of the GA and the assistant coach and worked their way up um, and, and, and has that prerequisite ability. Uh, and then it comes back to, okay, okay, you've got that, you've got that. And that, that may or may not mean that they've been a coordinator before. Sometimes there are some really bright young uh, coaches that you look at and say, you know what, this guy is a superstar in waiting. He just needs the opportunity. I mean, the guy that gave me my first coordinating job, Chuck Shelton at Utah State University. I had not been a coordinator to that point. He took a a leap of faith with me, given my collective experiences, to say, yeah, I think this guy's going to be a good coordinator. I'm going to give him his first coordinating job. So it does mean it's somebody out there that has existing coordinator experience. You tend to lean that way because it's more of a comfort zone. Okay, I've seen this guy do the job. Uh, so once you get that prerequisite out of the way, then it's, okay, what is your philosophy? What do you believe in? Uh, how do you attack certain things? Now, within that, one of the things I look for is versatility because we just talked about the injuries that, uh, and, and the litany of quarterbacks to be where you had to go through. Yeah, it's great to have a philosophy and say, yeah, this is what I believe in. I want to be aggressive. I'm going to be multiple. Here's my protection packages. Here's the way I attack downfield. Here's the multiplicity of my run game. But I want to also know that someone has the, the, the experience and the ability that, okay, if you don't have that guy, then 
then how are you going to adapt? And I've seen that in many situations during the course of the season or when all of a sudden the personality of your team. I had to adapt as an offensive coach that had a specific mentality about what it took to win in the National Football League. And then I go to Baltimore, and all of a sudden this, this unbelievable, you know, once-in-a-generation defense comes together. I had to change my mentality of, okay, I've got to play to the strength of this team, which means if I'm going to be a little less aggressive, we're going to run the ball and we're not going to turn it over. Because uh, we can win a whole bunch of 14-10, 17-10 games. Yeah, um, that that took a, a bit of a stretch for me to do. So I'm looking for a coach that has a certain amount of versatility and flexibility in what he does. Good advice. Who's the best team? Let's wrap with this. Who's the best NFL team right now? Wow, that, that's well. You know, you, you, anytime you don't say the Patriots is going to come back and bite you, I agree. So let's just put them in a different category. Um, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are the be- have the best talent in the National Football League. I don't know if they're the best team. Those NFC teams, I'll tell you what, Philadelphia is beginning with every game. And you got a lot. Minnesota looks pretty good. Uh, I like what's going on with the Rams. But Philadelphia has all the pieces in place to be a Super Bowl champion team right now. Wow. All fans in Philadelphia rejoicing right now. And we have one on yeah, the fired up. particularly <laughs> excited. <laughs> Coach, great stuff. Uh, we appreciate the insight into a very difficult, complicated situation for BYU football. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Brian Billick on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Let's acknowledge for a second that we had Brian Billick on for the football season, and that was awesome. So thanks to Brian. That was great stuff. Hey, coming up. BYU women's volleyball trying to head to a sixth straight Sweet 16. Cozy Burnett will join us. And who is McKay Cannon? You may have heard his name last night. We're going to learn more about him. He joins us next, the BYU Basketball Overnight Star. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, nationally simulcast on BYU TV. Hey, did you know we're on demand anytime, anywhere, Jerem? I thought that was more rhetorical, but yes, I did know that. Oh, I want you to answer the question, so thank you. Yes. Uh, Saturday, BYU basketball's next game at Utah State. Up in those lovely autumn color seats at the Spectrum in Logan. I'm going to be up to the game. That'll be a ton of fun. Uh, BYU at Utah State, Saturday, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio. Yeah, huge Saturday for BYU Athletics. Hopefully, BYU women's volleyball is playing in a second-round NCAA tournament match at that time. Yeah. If not, I'll be joining you in Logan. Yeah. And then BYU <laughs> football is playing in the Independent Conference Championship game, right? Isn't it? Don't, don't no? do that. Don't do oh. that. Oh, come on. Hey, good what? news. As we refresh BYU SN headlines, basketball with a 27-point road win in the University Parkway collision. Cougars' most complete game of the year. Yoli Childs, 24 points, led the way. He finished the night with his third straight double-double. We'll talk to McKay Cannon, one of his teammates, who burst onto the scene in just a few minutes. Jimmer Fredette, 56 points yesterday. 19 for 32 shooting, 10 for 10 from the foul line, 5 assists. He keeps it going. He's gone 50-plus, like 3-plus times. And as we mentioned, 13th-seeded BYU women's volleyball will host American tomorrow, 9 Eastern, live on BYU TV and the app in the NCAA tournament. It's time to win or your season's over. Cozy Burnett, also part of our guest lineup today. She'll join us in about 15 minutes. What is your biggest takeaway from last night's basketball win against Utah Valley? At Reptile Rondo tweets in, I might be wrong, but... Cannon is the only one on the team with NCAA tournament experience. No, that's not true. There are... A few guys on the BYU basketball team that played in that 2014 yeah. game. 
Dalton Nixon or Ryan Andrews, one of those guys. Yeah, yeah Luke Worthington as well. Looking over at Kyle Chilton for a couple <laughs> Anyway, the tweet continues, having him off the bench will be great because he knows what it takes to get to the tournament. Love the passion he brings. Yeah. It's funny that you bring up McKay Cannon because he is with us now in Studio B. McKay, welcome to BYU Sports Look who's Nation. eligible. <laughs> yeah, I, I joked with you pregame, you know, look who's eligible. Not knowing how much you'd play or whatever. What, what was yesterday like for you? It was crazy, honestly. Just <clears throat> the whole experience, uh, driving to the arena first off for shoot around, not knowing what was going to happen. No, no, explain you, that because you can't go. <laughs> you couldn't get on the bus. On no, road game, right? Could not get on the bus. So, <laughs> yep. I mean, that was it. Was crazy. Just um, the whole day. Like I said, I was expecting a call from um, BYU compliance on on the decision, and the decision came later than I thought. So I was stressed, and I was like, ah, uh, back and forth. It's probably not going to happen. But in the back of my mind, maybe you never know. So it was. It was nice to receive that phone call and know that was I was cleared and and then that's just when the day started and we all know what happened after. The heart palpitations I'm sure were insane when that phone call came. Oh, so intense! My heart was just beating. <laughs> it was crazy. So, you, so you weren't expecting to be eligible per se because you played two years at Weber State. You transferred to BYU. Typically, you sit out a year. Correct. Yeah. But they decided otherwise. Do do we know why they decided otherwise? I mean, luckily, we've had good relationships between BYU and Weber State. So, I mean, a lot of the stuff is somewhat confidential. But more than anything, BYU is a better place for me, my family, and my wife. And it's just something that um, I wanted. And it worked out. So I was grateful for both sides for making it work. We give the NCAA a bad rap for a lot of reasons, most of which are valid. Uh, but in this case, they were understanding of a situation. Yourself. Shout out to the NCAA. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> McKay Cannon of BYU Basketball with us. So when you look at a clock and it says 320 for the rest of your life, that will carry a significant meaning, will it not? Oh, it will. I'll always remember 320, my <laughs> new lucky number. <laughs> Who told you? Uh, Chad. Chad G. William. Yeah, and so you're on the phone with him. He tells you. Okay, so once, once he says, hey, you're good to go, what's the thought press process at that point between, okay, sweet, and we have a game tonight? It's not like you had a game in a couple of days. You had a game... Tonight. The first thing was I needed to get my jersey. <laughs> I didn't have a jersey. I needed some uh, tights. I needed socks. I needed everything uh, to get ready. And so luckily we got a good bushes on top of things and helped us out the equipment manager. How much were you expecting to play? I, wasn't, I was expecting an opportunity, honestly. I was, I was hoping, and I knew if I made the most of it, I, I'd get some time. So that's what happened. I saw you before the game, and I did a periscope, and I said, look who's eligible. And then little did we know you'd come into the game and you'd have the game you'd have. Let's, let's start with this. When you first get asked by Coach Rose to check in, what's, what's that moment like for you? What are you feeling in that moment? And then when you go on the court. Uh, I mean, I, had about, I think I had got in with five minutes left in the first half, so I had a lot of time just to relax and watch the game and process what uh, Utah Valley was doing to us and what we were doing well um, to them. And, so just preparing myself mentally and going out there and getting ready to go. How would you explain yourself <clears throat> as a player and a competitor? We, I talked briefly with you after the game last night about this, but we have some more time now. So how, how would you explain <clears throat> yourself as a, as a competitor and player? I mean, I'm someone that just loves basketball. Um, I love going out there and competing, and it makes it so easy having my teammates. Um, I've loved them. They've given me every opportunity. They've built my confidence up. They had no reason to six months ago walk on transfer from Weber State, but they built me up, and so I just love competing with them. It's, it's, it's awesome, and I'm a, I'm a pretty fiery guy. Um, believe it or not, you wouldn't know that, but um, when I get on the court, 
It's just something I'm fired. I just want to do what's best for the team. Oh, we saw it last oh, night. Yeah, yeah. There was some uh, fun conversation uh, on the court. <laughs> it was fun to watch. Your first shot as a Cougar is at the end of the shot clock from three, and it goes in. What was that moment like for you? It was pretty surreal, honestly. I mean, my first um, shot as a BYU Cougar, and it went in, and um, the shot clock was going down, like you said, and I just put it up, and it felt good. At half court, you had this, like, <clears throat> primal scream. I, I felt like you let out a lot of tension and uh, after you made that. Yeah, and we're watching it right now. You were, you were excited. <clears throat> there was a lot of energy in that moment. Yeah, a lot of energy. I mean, these last two, three weeks, just hearing back and forth from the NCAAs, it's been it's kind of taken a toll on me mentally, just not knowing what the future was. And once I was cleared and able to play, and the moment I hit that three, it was just like, wow, this is real. And I was just grateful. Where does yesterday rank on best days of your life? I mean, I got to put my wedding day up top, right, with my wife. By listening. default, yes. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> besides that. <Yeah. laughs> Just no, it's, it, it was probably my second best day then. Awesome. <laughs> 25 assists for this team. The team offense was incredible. You yeah, had a team high six assists. What went so well offensively? I think everyone just did what they're good at, honestly. No one was trying to go out of their norm, and um, that's what makes us special. When everyone does what they're good at, the ball gets moving. And um, like you guys said, it, it was something, something beautiful to watch. It was, it was really fun to be a part of. And when that ball gets moving, we're tough to guard. A lot of, a lot of threats. Uh, you are the all-time leading scorer at the infamous Shelley Russett Infam- High School basketball so program. It's infamous? Yes, it's infamous. Uh, the Shelley Russets. For those that aren't familiar with who and what the Shelley Russets are, can you give us a brief history of uh, what that's all about? <laughs> um, I mean, located in Shelley, Idaho, near Idaho Falls, for those who have any sort of <laughs> knowledge of that. Um, we're a 3A school. I graduated a class of probably 200 people. And small town, probably 5,000 people. And, I mean, I love love where I'm from. People are awesome. They're genuine people. And, they're definitely supporting me. The mean potatoes, man. <laughs> did, did you ever play Highland in Pocatello? <clears throat> um, we actually didn't. Never? Okay. That was a <clears throat> terrible question. I apologize. <laughs> oh, you're you're you, making the, well, trying to make the Taysom Hill reference, right? I was trying to make a yeah. Taysom Hill reference. Yeah. Yeah. You've been the scout squad kind of best perimeter player um, because you weren't going to be playing in the games. You're not going to be doing that anymore probably, <laughs> right? Yeah. A different role. So what – what kind of uh, role, and you asked this last night, but uh, for those who missed, what kind of role do you perceive you have on this team? I mean, I really don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping to just whenever the coaches um, put me in, I make the most of it. Um, like I said before, we have a lot of great players, so whoever the coaches throw out there, I think good things will happen. And different nights, di- different people are going to get in. There's a lot of point guards on this team instantly. Um, Josh Hardnett's in the starting lineup, <laughs> TJ Haas. And when you come in, you're the point. So what dynamic does that play on the guard line, having shooters you know, shooters all over the place with you bringing it up? Yeah, I think one thing that um, helps the team when I'm out there is that TJ can slide over to the two, and um, he doesn't have to worry about bringing it up. He can focus more on scoring, and, and my job is to get him open shots. So I think that's beneficial for him. I take it that you prefer to have the basketball in your hands. <laughs> I'll take it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the ba- Jerem loves to ask this question, and I think it's uh, it's always fun after a big night. What's the best text message you received last night? Man, I received a bunch of them. I think just all the support overall was just incredible. Um, 
I mean, teammates from, from Weber, um, that was big time just to, just to know that they're supporting me and I'm supporting them. And so that was, that was important for me to hear from them. Wait, were you teammates with Joel Bolenboy? I was, yep. Yeah. Hopefully he sent you a text. If not, don't bring it up. Uh, <laughs> do you have a nickname? Because Cannon is pretty easy for the nicknames there. Cannon, yeah, I think that's the only nickname. We'll see. We'll see what you guys got. But as of now, Cannon. Greg Rubel was saying another Cannon blast when you okay. make a three. Yeah, I, I, I joked that the UCCU Center was renamed the Cannon Center. I, that's a bad one. You're right. No <laughs> nicknames. I'm shocked you don't have any nicknames. Or, or you're just not telling us, maybe. Is that the case? Uh, I guess I'm not telling you. <laughs> you got to keep some stuff close to the vest, yeah, right? Yeah, you can't, you can't reveal everything. You save some one. stuff for later right. interviews. Yeah. McKay Cannon of BYU Basketball with us. You were declared eligible just in time for, like, this statewide tour for BYU Basketball with games against Utah Valley, of course, up approaching Utah State, Utah to come, and, of course, Weber State uh, mm-hmm. as well on the schedule. What are you anticipating when you, when you match up with uh, your old teammates at Weber State? It's going to be weird, honestly, but it's something I'm excited for. Um, it'll be fun just to see them and be able to compete against them and um, obviously do my best to get this win for, for the team. How about the matchup with Utah State being a guy from Shelley? A couple hours away, I imagine there'll be some uh, family and friends at the game in Logan. No doubt. Um, I have a lot of family that will be able to make the drive and a lot of support from, from Shelley, as we talked about before. And So it'll be, it'll be awesome. Now, when you made one of your three-pointers last night, I saw you word or uh, mouth the words, that was for you. Um, I want, next time you make a three-pointer, I want you to look in the camera and, and do it for us. Okay? <laughs> that was for you, think, BYU Sports Nation. I think, I think Nation. there was more vitriol uh, <clears throat> oh, in that know. moment. I loved it. I loved it, McKay. I loved it so much. <laughs> We need that competitor on the court. Good night. (laughs) Congratulations, man. Thank you. Um, Since you're new to the program, this is how it works. When you come on the show, we give you something called BYU Sports Nation Karma. And in any way, it just allows you to play freely and and to play at a higher level. We generally have really good players on the program. Yeah, we have yet to bring on and give it to a sucky player. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the goodness. Also, we want your signature on this flag. Yes. That'd be all right. Yes. yes. Okay. Ye- yesterday he's super ineligible. size sharpie. Yesterday he's ineligible. Today he's signing the flag. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of the peak. You know, yes. You from there to there. Absolutely. Awesome. Representing the Shelley Russets, McKay Cannon signing the BYU Sports Nation flag. You gotta love the Russets, B. right? Oh, absolutely. Oh man, it's right up there with beat diggers for Jordan. <laughs> Great. I love it. Coming up. Hey, Jimmer had a pretty good night as well, Jeremy. Just for 50-plus, we'll tell you how much he scored. Uh, yeah. Or how many. And Cozy Burnett wants some NCAA tournament karma of her own for 7th rank BYU Women's Volleyball. It's time for her to bring it as a middle blocker. Wait, 16? Six straight? Let's go. Let's go, man. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's a great day in Studio B. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from the Studio Bizzle with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. And tomorrow at 9 Eastern, watch 13-seeded BYU women's volleyball take on American. It's an un-American thing to beat American, but that's what BYU needs to do tomorrow night. 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and the app with your boy Spencer Linton. Kristen Kozlowski and Jason Yeppard on the call. Oh, with the soft J? Yeah. I believe it's a soft J. <laughs> Jogging. 
<laughs> it's a new sport, a new activity. Joining us now in Studio B is Cozy Burnett, speaking of 13th-seeded BYU women's volleyball, taking on American tomorrow at 9 Eastern. Cozy, congratulations oh. first and foremost on uh, earning a spot to host once again. Thanks. <laughs> I bet it was a huge relief, right? I mean, at least oh. at least that's what we noticed when we watched the video of uh, you finding out. You how how was reaction. that? Not everyone else was as excited as you for some reason. I Well, it was so weird. I like... Five. So we found out at seven. That's when the selection was at five. I started like getting these butterflies in my stomach. I was like, why do I feel so nervous? I was like, oh my gosh, it's just because I'm so nervous about the selection show. And so when I found out, I literally like teared up just because it was, I think it was just emotional being a senior, like seeing your name on that board is such a big deal. And then to be seating, I mean, to be hosting and to be seated, like just a lot of emotions and just so grateful to, you know, to have like two more chances to play, you know, at home. Yeah. Just really, really awesome. So I was so happy. <laughs> You're typically not very emotional or excited, so that was yeah, very out of character. Yeah, pretty, pretty exceptional. You're pretty low-key <laughs> usually, Cozy. Yeah, just so chill, <laughs> so chill. I imagine it's validating. You're 28-2. and two. You've had this tremendous season. You're co-champs of the league, and then you see your n- name up there. And a few weeks ago... The rhetoric was that BYU probably wouldn't be hosting. Because of that stupid RPI, right, Jerem? Suddenly you're hosting. So I I get why you reacted so strongly. Yeah. Yeah, you're hosting. Thanks Thanks for understanding me. This is a place of understanding. This is a place of peace and love. Yes, okay. peace, love, understanding. BYU yeah. Sports Nation. It's, it's <laughs> the is, new theme. That's the, yeah. Let's start. Let's get it going. Yeah, exactly. So you, you're at home. You play American Friday night. Yeah. You guys have been to five straight Sweet 16s. Are you comfortable in this situation? Because some teams are like kind of panic, nervous, anxious. You lose, you're out. You guys have gone to – you've been in this situation and won the first two games five years in a row. Yeah, I think it does give us confidence in that. Like, hey, you know, we've been here before. We know it's just volleyball. Like, you just have to play, and obviously the stakes are higher. But when it comes down to it, like, you don't need to hit any harder. You need to, you don't need to do anything different. You just, we just need to be us. And as long as we're us, and uh, I think kind of the results will take care of themselves. So it does give us confidence knowing that, hey, you know, there's a, gr- we're a really good handful of us that have done this before, and we can do it again. Now, I know that you got to go first things first. You need to beat American, and then it will be either the winner of Kennesaw State or Oregon out of the Pac-12 for that spot in the Sweet 16. Let's say BYU gets to the Sweet 16. Why do you feel like this team is good enough to move beyond that stage? Well, I mean, we have a special team. It's been an honor playing my last year with these girls. And I think part of it is just like, We've been there before, and there's a handful of us who have gone even further, and we all really want it, and there isn't one person who's like, we're all in. You know, there isn't one person who is, you know, unsure. And not that that's different from teams before. I think, you know, I've been on teams that have wanted it too, but there's just something special, and it's kind of like, you don't, I can't really, I don't know what it is, but it just is something really special, and uh, it's been, you know, great run and i think we can do something really cool like even mary lake you're saying i guess you know i guess she's kind of cool yeah (laughs) i would say she's yeah she's kind of cool she's she's pretty cool okay you've been playing on the pins your Mm -hmm. like entire life i imagine yeah okay and this year you're a middle blocker Mm -hmm. are you a middle blocker now i think i am 
I think I, I, I really think I am. Did you find your true identity this year? It was so funny when I started feeling like things were really clicking in the middle, and I was like, what the heck? Like, I used to, like, feel bad for people who played middle. And <laughs> I seriously did. I was like, oh, my you're gosh. You're not as dynamic as us. Yeah. I was like, wow, your job is so hard and you never get set. And uh, <laughs> that was – well, because well, that's how it was, especially, like, in high school. So I actually yeah. played for, like, two weeks on my high school team when I was a senior. And it just did not go very well. So they swapped me out. Like, I'm not doing that. I was like, please, no. But then when this happened, I was and things started really clicking. I was like, what the heck? Have I been in the wrong position my whole life? Mm. But then uh, I don't have any regrets, obviously. Whatever, you know, it's always just been whatever the team needs. And so, yeah, it's been it's been pretty awesome. It's been pretty fun, like, making this switch and then, you know, having it work. Yeah, well, it's it, been it entertaining. Worked. It's been entertaining yeah. to watch that uh, switch because it's it just doesn't happen very often like that, especially at the collegiate level, right? Yeah. So at this point, are you a better middle or outside hitter? You know, it's interesting because I think playing middle has made me just a better volleyball player. Mm. And, uh, like, when I go hit on the pins, I feel like I can just see the block and I see the court better from playing middle. So I think it's just made me a better volleyball player. But I think, at, like, I really like playing middle. I really like the chances I get to hit on the pins when I do. So, what? I don't know. Am I? Probably stats speak for themselves. I've had, you know, this is probably one of my better years, so maybe I am a better middle. So. And you're playing on a pretty good team as well. Yeah. It's always awesome. And you've made the team better, which has been the best thing. Good luck this weekend, tomorrow night, 9 Eastern against American, and uh, let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. Yes. Get love some it. On the drill coast Would love deals. it. Would love it. Perfect. You know what Roof. this means. Okay, the last time you came on the show and we gave you the karma, it paid off huge dividends. Yes, it did. Do you recall this? Actually. She probably doesn't because she was say, too busy winning. Like, oh, oh yeah. it was magical. <laughs> I was just flawless. No, I'm sure that did not happen. You were close to flawless. Yeah, it was your highest hitting percentage. I'm going to need really? you to make sure. Was yes. that that game? I, I think so. Yes. No yeah. way. That's cool. Way. It's what awesome. we do. Awesome. It's what we do. Okay. I'm going to need you to bring that energy to the floor tomorrow okay. night. Okay. Always. Okay. Always. <laughs> NCAA tournament. Cannot wait. Thanks, Cozy. Thanks for having me. Hey, coming up, Jim Fredette gets a bunch of buckets in China. How many? Uh, well, yeah. He, he made 19, but how many points does that equate Watch to? Watch your wall. <laughs> and who's the newest BYU Hall of Famer? Ooh, I'll tell you that in the Kruger Whip Round. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Uh, Jeremiah, very much enjoyed today's show. Oh, it's been fun. Largely thanks to our guests, Super Bowl champion coach Brian Billick on the status of BYU football, looking for a new offensive coordinator. McKay Cannon made his Studio B debut after making his BYU basketball debut last night. And Cozy Burnett, always high energy, entertaining. This was a good day. It was a good day. Download the podcast, people. And coming up tomorrow, Steve Cleveland. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. The Brighams beat the Mark Popes 85-58 yesterday in Orem. Yelly Childs, new career high, 24 points. Weaver State transfer McKay Cannon had 8 points and 6 assists in his first game as a Cougar. Yesterday, the NCAA announced that one of our guests today, McKay Cannon, was eligible to play at 3.20 p.m. Approximately four hours later, he was making his first three-pointer to beat the shot clock buzzer. He had eight points, team-high six assists, in a dominant win over Utah Valley. McKay Cannon, if you missed the interview, download the podcast to hear it. 
Jimmer. Burnett had another career night with 56 points, a 19 of 32 shooting. He took 32 shots. This and made me, 19. This is me and pickup, not the 19 part. He was a perfect 10 for 10 from the foul line. Five assists. Five assists. Volleyball. Okay, we need to go to China and watch him play. I just put that on our BYU Sports Station bucket list. But you'll get one. 13-seeded BYU Women's Volleyball hosts the Eagles of American tomorrow at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app in the NCAA tournament. Senior middle blocker Cozy Burnett just told us that the Cougars, they feel like they have it this year. She can't explain it. They have, they have it, not the clown. Oh, jeez. To help them do something special. Hiding in the sewers of the Smithfield house. Women's basketball. The 3-2 and two women's basketball team plays at Northern Colorado tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU Radio. The Cougars are led by WCC Player of the Year, Cassie DeVagere, who's averaging 21 a game. Swimming and diving. I just had a terrible vision about a clown in the sewers <laughs> of the Smithfield House saying, Hey, kid, come get this donut. Want some Sweet 16 tickets? Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, yeah, swimming and diving. The 800-yard freestyle relay team finished in 16th, and the women took 21st at the Texas Invite in Austin. Cougars in the association. Kyle, don't call me. Collingsworth, Collinsworth had 7.8 rebounds and 4 assists for the Tejas Legends in the G League. Track and field. Former BYU coach Patrick Shane will be inducted into the USTFCCCA Hall of Fame. Congratulations, coach. He once screamed at me on the track. Yes, he did. Get off the track, Jerem! He didn't know my name. Oh, okay. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. McKay Cannon comes off the bench. Eight points, six assists. Yoli Child's new career high. We should mention him as well. Uh, what is your biggest takeaway from last night's win versus Utah Valley? At Mel Reed and Wright says that I can count the game as an automatic win when Yoli starts scoring. No one can stop him when he's shooting threes. And our elite tweet of the day from at the Brentar 14. BYU's a team that can answer the call in high-pressure situations, including Cannon. 8.6 assists within hours of being cleared to play. After Cannon's performance, UVU now has to revert to calling their arena the McKay Event Center. Oh! Oh, oh we totally missed that one. Snap! Jeez. Really good. Uh, download the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jeremiah, I'm Spencer. Shout-out to Gary Trost. Remember him? Oh, yeah.